Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow all my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now December so far has been a pretty miserable month. If it's not freezing cold, it's tipping it down with rain. Thankfully, however, this week I'm concentrating on my sheds and my tools, particularly tool maintenance. That's coming up in today's podcast, so let's get on with it. It is Saturday the 17th of December 2022 today. I'm down on the allotment and I'm inside my bigger shed. This shed is made of metal. Now, I came down to the allotment today because the weather is a little bit on the warmer side today, so I thought I'd make the most of it. Admittedly, I was out of work stew last night, so I was feeling pretty ropey. Even though I don't drink, it was still a late night, and I'm feeling a little bit ropey today, but I came down to the allotment to try and do a bit of work down here. Now, the first thing I did was, of course, just check on some of the plants that are under the cavern. They look to be okay. Um, they are stressed and we'll just have to wait and see what happens later on in the season to see just how well they have coped with this cold weather and whether or not I took enough action to try and stop them getting frosted. That is a time will tell scenario. But what I've mainly focused on today is that I have been inside my two sheds and I've given those a bit of sort out. Now I started off in the larger of the two sheds and I came in here, load of cardboard which I've just sort of folded down neatly and got that to one side, wind's picking up a bit there, got that folded down neatly and stacked up nicely so that we can be continuing to use that throughout this season. I'm a big fan of cardboard at the moment, I'm trying to collect as much as I possibly can. I also had a little cooking stove in here, which we're not meant to have on the allotment anymore, and I've decided that's now time for it to go home. I bring my camper fan down here every so often, so if I do want to have a hot drink, I just use that instead is what I've decided. And then I followed that up with a bit more tidying up, got a glass in here that is uh, stacked nicely, went through the cupboards I have here and tidied those up and I basically made a bit more space. That meant I could then go to the smaller shed on the bottom half of the plot and start to empty that out. Now I had some vandals hit this allotment a few months back, pretty much at the beginning of the year if I remember correctly, and they broke the door on this small shed. And nothing too serious, but I haven't been able to repair it because I've got so many tools and things in there. So what I decided to do today was to pull out the tools, bring them into this shed and start to figure out what tools I want to take home because I'm going to be carrying out maintenance on those. And I also figured out which tools I don't want to have anymore. One particular thing that I have in this shed is a petrol lawnmower. Now you may be wondering why I don't want a petrol lawnmower. It's um, basically, it's so rusty now that the blades are starting to show. So from a health and safety perspective, I don't feel it's safe to use this lawnmower. What could happen is I'm cutting glass and it picks a stone up and it throws it out through the guard or where the guard should be and um, hits me in the face or something. So it's not 
at, at all safe. So that is going to go down to the tip in place. And a few other tools and items that I've just decided I don't want anymore, I'm going to get rid of. These tools are broken and no good. And trust me, I am the type of person that will fix anything or try and fix anything or have the ambitions to fix anything. Sometimes I just feel it's time for it to say no. That's it. So, yeah, sorted out all my tools and my both of my sheds, and I can now get into my small shed, and we're going to look at fixing the door, if that is going to be an option for the future. I'm not entirely sure if that's definitely what we're going to do. We may end up getting a new shed if I cannot fix this door. What the vandals basically did is they treated the door like it was one that pushes or pulls to open when actually it was a sliding door. And in trying to push and pull it open, they broke it off the runners, which is really annoying. But it's unfortunately part of allotment life. I'm not trying to forgive them or anything. It's just unfortunately allotment does attract vandals. I've now loaded the van up with the tools that I want to take home and I'm going to start my annual tool maintenance when I get home. So please join me back there and I'll show you what I'm going to be doing. Well, you join me in my workshop here at home. Now, this is a workshop. Well, I call it my workshop, to be honest. It's my largest shed. It's a very, very old shed, and it is absolutely full of all my tools. I've got quite a large collection. I don't really do much in here because it's not really for gardening. I am... I'm quite handy with tools, I like to think, and I, I have pretty much every tool imaginable in this shed so that I can tackle a lot of the, the repairs I like to do and and so on. So, what am I doing in here today? And I think I've already mentioned that it's time for my tool maintenance. Now, this is something I like to do on an annual basis. And this might be something that if you are off over the Christmas period and you are looking for something to do, then tool maintenance is a really good thing to look at. So what we're going to be doing. First of all, every single tool that we have in here is going to be inspected. And that gives me the chance to assess what needs to be done. Now, what I'm generally looking for is, is the tool too far damaged? Is the tool got... Uh, anything that needs a lot of attention and and so on and what I like to just basically check is that if it's too far damaged and it's going to be a danger it's going to break when I need it then I've got to think about repairing or replacing luckily most of my tools are not too bad they just need a little bit of of TLC as I said earlier on the allotment when I was going through the tools that are broken I've decided I'm not going to try and hold on to those they are going. So I've already effectively sorted those tools out that are no good and at home I'm, I've got a few more tools to add to it. Now the next thing I want to do is clean all the tools up. Now the easy way is of course a bit of water and soap to give them a good clean, clean any mud away and so on. But what I like to do is use a wire brush. Now we could use a wire brush just using a hand but personally I'm a bit of a, a, a fan of using a wire brush on the end of a drill. And this, for me, is just the easiest way to clean off any mud, any rust, or anything like that. I've got a spade right here that is going to be my first tool that we do this to. I 
Well, that is the spade now cleaned up on the blade. I've got to say, actually, it's not too bad. There's not much rust on this. And the reason I don't have much rust on this spade, or any of my tools for that matter, is when I finish using my tools, what I do, I always pack them away, of course, but I also keep a bucket of sand into which I've poured a load of oil into. And when I finish using my tools, I just dip the blades, the end of the tools, into this bucket of sand and that acts as an abrasive it cleans away any of the dirt that might be hanging on it it cleans away any of the little bits of rust that might be developing but it also coats the blade also coats the metal in a bit of oil which helps just protect it and make the tool last a lot longer. I've got to say, I feel this is one of the biggest tips that I have got to share when it comes to tool maintenance. A decent sized bucket of sand, coarse sand is best, and vegetable oil, old chip oil or something like that, just poured over it and let soaked into the sand. It really does make a good time saving tip. Uh, so we've got this, the, the spade all cleaned up now. I'm just, a spade is of course got a bladed end. And what you will find is that if you've got a sharp blade, and this goes for any bladed tool, it is easier and safer to use. So what we want to do is grind off any nicks or any little bits of metal that are missing, which luckily this spade doesn't have. And then we just want to grind down the edge on it to get a nice sharp blade. Now, what I always look at is the blade that is existing on there. And I try and match that same angle when it comes to grinding it down. Now, I'm going to use an angle grinder because I've got this tool here. But you could use something like a... Um, a file or something like that and just run that over a few times until you get a nice shiny blade. I'm going to use it with this angle grinder which for me is the easiest way to do. Now what I like to do, I'll turn it on and get the angle grinder just running up to speed like so. And now what we're going to do Just make a few stripes. I've already set this up beforehand to get it right. There we go. There we go. That is now But that is now done. Now, I don't know if you could hear what I was saying while the angle grinder is running, so I'll start again. What I did is I set the angle on the guide on this angle grinder before I, I uh, got the blade onto that. Got the engine up and running, got the motor running, and then I just ran the blade across a few times. Now, because I do this quite regularly, it's quite easy for me to do, and it doesn't take a few swipes, but I'm just swiping across and getting that blade nice and sharp. And what I'm really looking for is a nice, uniform, shiny colour on that blade. And there we go, that blade is then nice and sharp. Now, all I've got to do next is protect this blade, the metal on this blade, by either painting or oiling. I personally use oil. I have used hammerite paint in the past, but personally I prefer oil because it's just a bit, bit more longer lasting. 
And then I'm going to go over the wooden handles with a bit of linseed oil. I actually prefer wooden handles on my tools because I just find them a bit more comfortable in our hands. But also I think they look better and they are nicer to use, in my opinion. The only thing I would say is they do need linseed oil applied regularly. Otherwise the wood dries out and becomes brittle and easy to break. So again, just a few swabs of linseed oil brushed in all over the handle and then that will soak into the wood and the handles are good to use again. Now what I will say when you use linseed oil I like to just use it on a cloth and when I finished with that cloth what I will do is take it straight inside and wash it out with water. It is known for linseed oil to be thrown in a carrier bag. The lack of oxygen can cause it to self-combust. And that's something I would always, always urge everyone to be wary of. Throwing oily rags into a, a bag is not a good idea. Get them into the wash straight away. Right, well, that is it for this section. We're going to be talking about some of my other tools tomorrow. But uh, I'm also going to be doing some gardening tomorrow. Today is Sunday the 19th of December 2022 and I'm in my shed. This is a shed that I built in the back garden. It's where I also do my live show. And it has been a rather wet day actually today. I believe we've got a wet weather warning coming through. So uh, we could be having floods. It, I can believe it because it is a lot of rain going on out there. Now uh, I'm in this shed because I'm sticking with a tool maintenance theme. I have in my shed here a pegboard at the back that I hang all my tools on and I quite like this system. The reason I like hanging my tools up is one it's easy for me to get hold of my tools. I haven't got to reach to the back to get hold of a certain tools because they're all easy to get hold of. But two if I spend a day in a garden and I haven't put a tool back I can easily see any tool that is missing because there is a space there. I'm a big fan of the pegboard system and or just hanging tools up generally anyway so it's just so much easier having these all up. Now I've gone through my tools here uh, I've done a bit of maintenance to those as well and uh, I've made sure that we haven't lost any tools this year which I'm pleased to say we haven't so that is a, a good start to 2023 but I've also been inspecting my sheds and when it's raining it's a good chance just to make sure that we don't have any leaks or anything to concern ourselves it doesn't appear that we have any leaks certainly not from the roof there's a little bit around the door I can see but I think that is just from where I built the doors and wasn't quite sure on how to make them completely waterproof if you don't know a couple of years ago I actually built this shed from scratch I brought the wood in I built it to my designs I had a lot of fun doing it a really lot of fun and it's still standing here to this day uh, I am thinking of changing things around and spending a bit of money on the inside at some point but for now I'm happy with it. I'm pretty happy with this shed. And I'm pleased to say that after two years, it's still standing. Uh, the other advantage, of course, is that when I built this shed, it cost me about £500, if I remember correctly. And it's an eight foot by eight foot shed. I don't think you can buy a shed of this size, of this quality, for that price 
It's certainly not anymore, but back then either. Now, that being said, the price of wood at the moment is still pretty high. So uh, the savings that I made, although worth it, are um, it's very expensive for wood at the moment. So some of the changes I'm thinking of making may have to wait until price of wood either comes down or we can afford to do it. This is something I've got to think of quite a bit over this next coming year because uh, it's ideal time to do this is during the winter when there's less things going on outside. December's been a bit of an awful month really especially with the weather but uh, having a good shed is worthwhile. One thing that I did put in here is a nice little heater and this is great because I flick it on it's an oil heater I flick it on, it keeps me warm when I'm working in here. It warms up the room quite nicely. And when I finish, flick the oil heater off, or about half an hour before I finish really, it still does have the oil heat in here. It keeps me warmer for a little bit longer. Big fan of the oil heater in here. It really does work for what I do here in this shed. Right, well, I spoke of tool maintenance and I've got a few more tools that I need to talk to you about how I maintain them. So meet me in the workshop and I will go through those again. <laughs> so I'm back in the workshop today. I've got a pair of secretaires in front of me and what we're going to do with these is give them a good service. Now, when I service these secateurs it's very much the same sort of thing as i would be doing with any cutting blades be it a pair of scissors hedge trimmers or anything like that so the first thing i want to do is take these secateurs apart when it comes to secateurs i always much prefer secateurs that can easily come apart for this very reason so usually what we've got is just a nut and bolt that holds the two handles together we undo that take the nut and bolt out and try and keep everything together to hope that that spring doesn't go flying. I'm pretty good at this, but uh, if you are not so sure or anything, take a photo before you do it, and make sure you take lots of photos as you go on throughout the taking it apart. And this will become useful when you build it, your secateurs back together, or your hedge trimmers, or anything like that. So let's get these secateurs taken apart. And it's fairly easy to do. As I said, I'm just going to undo the nut and bolt. There we go. That's came apart nice and easy. I've got my hands sort of around the spring as I'm undoing this. So if a spring does come out, it's going to land in my hand. Luckily, this nut and bolt is now taken apart. The spring has just fallen out into my hand and they are all taken apart. Really that easy to take apart most decent secateurs. Now looking at this nut and bolt and spring, they're not in too bad condition. So I'm just going to pop it in a, a little bit of oil just so that they can get soaked in a bit of oil while I tend to the handles. Now the handles themselves are in pretty good condition. Um, there is a little bit of rust, so what I'm going to do is just quickly, with a bit of sandpaper, just scratch away at some of that rust there we go that's come apart nice and easy there we go that's looking better already now next we want to sharpen the blades now i'm going to use a file for this and what i do i'll get this handle get the bladed handle into a, a bench vise and then i'll get a file and i'll just run along the with the file along that blade until 
we've got it sorted. There we go, that is looking good. A bit like the spade, it was just trying to get that nice shiny edge onto it. The handle itself, we could paint with a bit of hammerite paint. I'm not going to bother with that. All I'm going to do is soak these in a little bit of oil for a few minutes and then build it back together. As easy as that to service my secateurs. And like I said, this is the same sort of thing we would do for hedge trimmers or um, any of our cutting devices, shall we say, scissors, uh, anything like that. Now, this does then bring me on to some of our power tools and how we would go about servicing those. I have serviced and taken apart petrol engines in my lifetime many, many times, cleaned out carburetors and all that sort of thing. But what I would say when it comes to petrol and electric tools is that you've always got to be very, very careful to know what you're doing. If you're not sure, leave it to the professionals. Now, I, 16 years old, I stripped down a, a motorbike engine. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident is the word I'm looking for for this. So I, I've done it now in the past many, many times. However, I no longer really have any petrol engine tools. I have moved over onto battery powered tools and I much prefer battery powered in many ways because of the simplicity and the ease and also the fact that they need less maintenance. What I like to do is just check over my all my tools, check all the batteries and make sure that nothing is broken. Most of these are plastic and if there's any breaks in the plastic that could be a little concerning. Most of my tools are in pretty good condition, so that is okay. I also like to inspect the batteries, make sure they're not leaking or showing signs of any damage and no corrosion on the joints. And then, obviously, something like a lawnmower that has a spinning blade, that I do want to take off and get that on the angle grinder to sharpen. Now, comes to my battery-powered lawnmower, what I do is make sure the battery is completely disconnected. My battery lawnmower also has an extra little key that if I unplug that, it will not run. So with those two disconnected, what I will then do is undo the nut that holds the blade in place. Now, this is a job that you have to be very very careful with doing some very heavy duty gloves i like to use welders gloves because they also then covers your arms and all you do is undo the nut that holds them on they usually can be a left-handed thread so they and they undo the different way than you would expect check your manual to make sure on that and quite often you will have a way of lodging a piece of metal in through the blade and into the lawnmower, which acts as a wedge to stop the blade from turning. Use that, undo your nut and take the blade off. But please, please, please make sure it is completely disconnected. I then take that blade over to my angle grinder and grind that down on there a few times just to get that nice sharp edge. And then again, I will cover that blade in a bit of oil just to make sure it doesn't rust. Now, that is me. I'm very confident with these sort of things. I've taken classes. There's a lot of YouTube channels on this particular subject as well. If you are feeling confident but just want a bit of a, a good heads up. But what I cannot stress enough, something like a lawnmower, that blade is very, very sharp and it can 
cut right through your bone if you are not careful. So if you are not sure what you're doing, please do not attempt to do it. As I said, I'm very confident with these sort of things. I am an engineer by trade. I do fix a lot of things as well. Anyway, I hope hope that hasn't put you off from tool maintenance. It is definitely worth doing. And as I said, if you are unsure, please contact somebody who knows what they are doing. Right, I am going to head on in. We've got one more day to talk about in the diary. It's Monday the 19th of December 2022 and as is the case at the moment it's dark when I get home from work so going out into the garden I can really not do much outside. Instead I've actually been very busy making raspberry jam. On Saturday my wife goes down to our local community fridge which is a charity it's set up to try and reduce food waste. Basically, the volunteers, they go and collect food from local supermarkets, bakers, butchers, greengrocers, anywhere that might sell food, and they collect any of the food that would otherwise be going into the bin. This food is generally in very good condition. It's perfectly fine to eat. Otherwise, they wouldn't be giving it away. Anyway, what they then do is they take it away, they take it back to base, and then they give it away to anybody that pops along now i want to emphasize this is not to combat food poverty it's to prevent food waste it's not a food bank it's to prevent food waste or food going to landfill something that my wife and i are very much fond of not happening it's it seems crazy we've got people who are hungry yet we are sending food that is perfectly edible to the bin anyway she came back on saturday with a huge tray of raspberries and when i say huge i mean we froze half of them but the other half we turned into raspberry jam we took four kilograms of these raspberries that's how many that was in this tray uh, poured over four kilograms of sugar and then we let that stand overnight next day we cooked on the hob to a rolling boil and once we got the rolling boil going we cooked it for five minutes then we took it off the heat and poured the liquid into sterilized jars and that is now cooling on our sideboard as you can imagine that is a lot of jam that we now have as well as a lot more raspberries in our freezer it's amazing just how much these raspberries have would have gone to landfill had if we not stepped in it's it's sickening in some ways well that's the end of this week's podcast next week's podcast will be out on boxing day but i'm going to be pre-recording it as it's going to be the 2022 review. So I just want to take this chance to wish everybody out there a very Merry Christmas or whatever you may be celebrating. Hope you get to eat plenty of homegrown veg with your family and friends and you have a really lovely time. If you are free at 6pm on Christmas Day, that's 6pm GMT, I will be doing a live gardening pub quiz on our youtube channel and facebook page everyone is invited i know a few members of my audience are going to be coming along who are on their own for christmas so they're going to be joining me for a bit of human contact the more the merrier is what i say with that well that is it for this week i hope you've enjoyed it if you have then please consider leaving a review on your podcast service that goes a really long way to helping us get found as well as work our way through the charts If you have really enjoyed it and you want to support this podcast, then please consider becoming a member of our supporters club. 
For that, visit vegquarepodcast.co.uk and there you can sign up to become a member. I charge £5 a month for the membership and for that you get a collection of seeds sent to your door every month and those seeds can be sown that very month. You also get a few extra behind-the-scenes podcasts that let you know what's going on. If you want to get in contact... You can leave a comment on thevegquarepodcast.co.uk or you can leave a voicemail. It's always great to get the voicemails. Or you can email me, richard at Podcast, Or you can also contact me through social media. And while you're on social media, don't forget to follow and like or whatever it may be, depending on what social media platform you are using. It's it very complicated, all these little things that we have to take care of, doesn't it? Well... That is it for this week. Once again, please have a very happy Christmas. We'll be back again next time. So until then, please take care.